The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So we're only a few months of the World Cup in Qatar, the most controversial World Cup in quite a while. There's been a few places where World Cups have gone. Argentina and Russia come to mind, where, which caused controversy, but not as much as Qatar. Qatar, a country which is also on a charm offensive of, of a type, with David Beckham appearing in a promotional video for Qatar Tourism. Before we talk to Kieran Cunningham, Chief Sports Writer of the Irish Daily Star, let's hear an extract from this promotional video in which Beckham spoke to the footballer Nora Nassar about women's football in Qatar. What do you think about female football? You know, female football is something that I've always supported. Uh, and even more so now, you know, especially for me having a daughter. Yeah. You know, if my daughter wanted to go on and, and be a professional footballer, you know, I would love that. I'd love to support that. So in Europe, you know, especially in the UK, the women's game has gone up a level and the national team has gone up a level. What about here in uh, Qatar? Do I get the ball back? No, it's OK. Oh, OK. <laughs> well, here in Qatar, you know, I was with some girls yesterday. I think it's important that there seems to be some kind of movement here with the women's game, and that's great to see. For Qatar to, to host this World Cup in 2022 is very special. This is where the World Cup is happening, and this is my country. <laughs> I want to say thank you so much for, for being here today, and um, I hope you enjoy the World Cup. That's part of a half-hour-long promotional video, and it's part of an overall campaign Beckham is doing, Kieran, with Qatar and Qatar Tourism. And how much has he been paid for it, apparently? Well, when the deal was initially announced last October, it was reported at 150 million sterling for 10 years. You know, it, it, it takes in the World Cup, but it's not exclusively about the World Cup. And there was a bit of criticism at the time, but it's actually struck me that he's got away relatively scot-free. Uh, and it's only now the last week or two when these promotional videos have come out that people are focusing on this a bit and thinking, why is this guy getting into bed with him? Particularly because he doesn't need the money. Like the, the net worth of the Beckham family is estimated at 450 million sterling. He's a property for, uh, portfolio of nearly 100 million. He spent 7 million on a yacht at the start of the year. So why is somebody who has been so conscious of his image, like he's the first footballer that I really remember who tried to build his brand, you know, that saw himself as a brand. Like there were people who embraced the word of celebrity in different ways or were consumed at it by it, like Paul Gascoigne or like George Best before him. But David Beckham made a deliberate attempt to make himself, uh, turn himself into a brand, sell that brand to as many people as possible. But he was also often very conscious of who he tied in with. And like he, he did align himself to a lot of liberal causes. So to align himself now with Qatar is incredible. Remind us as to why it is Qatar has been such a controversial choice as the venue for this year's World Cup. Well, like uh, there's a long list of uh, uh, abuses, human rights abuses. You know, Amnesty International has been critical of Qatar for a long time, of laws around gay people, of the way women are treated. And also a big major issue now is, is what has happened with migrant workers. First, how they were recruited, how they were trained, how they were paid. And then how many died? Like it's been estimated up to 6,500 have died during construction projects related to the Qatar World Cup. And uh, there's actually an interesting story related to that, that because there was a guy on the organising committee was a whistleblower on that, and he's been imprisoned in Qatar for blowing the whistle on what was happening with the migrant workers. So there's a, like to me, this is, this is far more toxic than the LIB tour in golf. 
because that is essentially mavericks. It's people going away from the mainstream. But FIFA have gone to bed. Like football mainstream has got in bed with Qatar. And, and uh, so this is worse in many ways. And it's probably the most toxic, it'll end up being the most toxic sporting event since the 1936 Olympics. I think it'll be remembered like that. Six and a half thousand people believed to have died in the construction of these stadiums. Yeah, no, that's the figure that 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 that, uh, that, that uh, is widely accepted now. Like Qatar dispute that, but it's generally widely accepted that that is the case. And a lot of these were, you know, they weren't treated particularly well. A lot of these workers, like uh, in, in terms of wages and conditions, like a lot of people seem to be under the pressure. Like Irish people went to, to building projects in the past in Germany or the US or UK or something that were very well paid. But these weren't very well paid, a lot of these construction workers. And the conditions left a lot to be desired and it's taken a, long, a, a huge toll. Because they're doing the work in absolutely outrageous high temperatures and they're also then left in living conditions afterwards, which a lot of them are believed to be substandard. Yeah, like, like it all adds up. Like there's, there's such a long list of reasons why a World Cup shouldn't be anywhere near Qatar. Like it, first of all, it doesn't have any football tradition. Then it's the middle of a desert. It has to take place. The tournament has to take place in the middle of winter because of the conditions. You know, they're talking. Uh, they basically have an air-conditioned stadium at a time when you know lip service has been paid to the issue of climate change. Like it's a climate disaster. Like what they're the, the things they're proposing are just disasters for the environment. So there's a but. The, the history of the bidding process for this World Cup is a murky one, and there's a lot of people's fingerprints involved all over it. So, uh, the, the Beckham one is is hard to get your head around, though, because you know he was ambassador for an England World Cup bid that lost to Qatar. He was an ambassador for the London 2012 Olympics, and he's a line. So uh, you can see why he got involved with those, but I cannot understand why he's he, he's so conscious of his image. Was he so ignorant of what's going on in Qatar? But the other thing, like, uh, that part of the world is hardly the destination of choice for a lot of people within professional football as well. You know, you can factor that into a lot of people. A lot of people within professional football own property in Dubai. So maybe they just don't see the big picture. No, but it was interesting when he went to the Qatar World uh, Formula One Grand Prix last November, Kyler Hamilton wore a helmet with the, the rainbow colours in solidarity with LGBT people in Qatar. And he, he was contractually obliged to take part, but he, he did protest. But Beckham was there, glad-handing everyone, just saying, well, Qatar is a great place. He, of course, the Qataris own Paris Saint-Germain. He played for PSG for a while, so maybe he made his contacts there. But hasn't Beckham argued that there won't be a problem with the rainbow flag being uh, used by any supporters in the ground that... LGBTQ people will be welcomed and safe in Qatar during the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, but what 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 are we talking about there? Is that an amnesty for one month? Yeah, you know, like because that's in everything is great for one month because we wanted to look good on TV, wanted to look good for the next glossy promotional video. <clears throat> like that's not good enough. You know, there's no getting away from this. That it's it's the most. It's one of the worst decisions ever taken by sport, uh, within sport for all sorts of reasons. And I was just wondering about earlier today, like you factor in the amount of players from each country and the amount of backroom staff. Like you're talking about a lot of people. I was wondering, will there be even one conscientious objector that says, I'm not going? 
or who will protest there. And that would be something to keep an eye on. Of course, it's also in relation to how women are treated there. It's only in the last two years that women have been allowed to get a driving licence without first getting permission from a male guardian. They're also Mm. saying two-thirds of graduates are now female, but you do wonder about you know, their position in Qatari life. But isn't the reality, unfortunately, Kieran, that this will work for Qatar once the World Cup starts? That we'll all focus on the football and the thrills of the football and there'll be remarkably few people will boycott watching it or covering it because of the location that the tournament's been played in. Yeah, because well, sports watching works, Matt. There's no getting away from it. That's why it's so popular. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, you, you look at the coverage of Newcastle United, you look at the coverage of uh, the Anthony Joshua fight in Saudi Arabia. Most of the reports ignore the reality, you know, of how, who funds this and what the reason why they're funding these these events. So there is sometimes there's a flurry at the start, like there was around Newcastle, and then people move quickly on and. You read all this stuff now about people praising Eddie Howe and the great job he's doing. You're thinking he's got a quarter of a billion from a toxic regime to build a club. But sorry, but only today, only works. today, he's, we were just talking about this earlier, he's been giving out that other clubs won't sell players to Newcastle, <laughs> that there have been pariahs, uh, leaving aside the fact that clubs may not just want to sell their own players. But he's now trying to claim that they can't buy players in England uh, because of the Saudi money, which yeah, is a no, twisted way of looking at things. Yeah, excuse me, I think that sums up how blinkered people in sports are. That they think, you know, I only care about football, I only care about whatever my beloved sport is, and they don't see the bigger picture. So there are plenty of reasons. That they should be pariahs. You when you see where their money is coming from, they should be pariahs. There's no getting away from that. But Newcastle United supporters won't see that. And if the Saudis had bought the Liverpool or Manchester United or Arsenal, their fans would probably be the exact same because sports watching works and sports fans are the most blinkered people in the world. And then David Beckham doesn't get much criticism. Gary Neville got criticised as well, didn't he, for doing a promotional video with Beckham and guitar, which was surprising because I thought Gary Neville was one of those who'd been critical of the decision to go there. Well... I think there's a thesis in Gary Neville. Matt. <laughs> there's a lot of contradictory stances. <clears throat> when you look at his own ownership of Salford City and what they've done <clears throat> to the division that they play in, in in terms of making it less competitive, and then to criticise the Glazers, you know, uh, they're, they're kind of mini Glazers in, in ways what the, the owners of Salford City did. But he's also got in trouble over the Gary Neville trial, over a tweet, or sorry, the Ryan Giggs trial, over a tweet that he sent out. So, there's a lot of stuff. Gary Neville might want to roll it back a bit. There's a lot going on with him and sometimes it doesn't, he doesn't do himself any favours. Oh, you know, we might get back to that in another day. Of course, uh, he, Ryan Giggs was one of his partners in the takeover of Salford <coughs> City, so maybe that has yeah. something to do with the comments he made, which I think he's facing serious potential problems with the British Crown Service in relation to that, but that's a topic maybe for discussion yeah. on another day. Kieran Cunningham, Chief Sports Writer with the Irish Daily Star. Thank you so much for being with us here on The Last Word today, FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, FM.